everybody, and welcome. This is Tevo DRC Christian Ministries. We're going to talk about leadership and also about intercepting what I call false teaching and false doctrine. You know, everybody needs to check out everybody's doctrine, what they're listening to in every direction. Feel free to check out mine, see if it really lines up with the the New Testament, not under the law, not denying anything, not you know avoiding any topic, but not being PC, but not being a Bible beatdown, Bible thumper. And so one of the things, if I look back, I say, well, how did I, you know, I had a happy foundation of 21 years as a Baptist and that the Holy Spirit, before all the speaks, before all the um, spooky you know, doctrines, Christian TV and came and all the good stuff as well, a lot of good, healthy stuff. And I'd always been multicultural and non-biased just because of my upbringing and then I was always trained to be careful because as a Baptist, or at least growing up, the most important thing of all life is not messing it up or missing eternity forever, where you never get a day off, you never want to in heaven. And my goal when I went to college, before I met the Holy Spirit in college, I was really trying to please God, sort of like Billy Graham, Jesus person, and it was for all the highfalutin, celebrity confusion, the massive influx of good, but also false teaching, poor teaching, including witch-watching, including getting into the Holy Spirit, which is lovely. He is lovely and pure, and he matches James 3.17 fruit, the wisdom that comes from above. Of course, that could be also a verse that you apply for discerning what you're perceiving. That's a great verse to say, is this a healthy person to be in my life, a healthy pastor? And see, because I had grace over a long time, real grace, respectful parents, my father especially, just very nurturing and not a dogmatist, not a chauvinist. And so because he was so respectful to his mother and my mother's mother and myself, my sister and everybody else, black or white, I just sort of grew up thinking that is, well, I got my quotient of balance to protect me for now. But I also thought that's just what Christians do because the whole family was like that. So I grew up with respect and I grew up with office respect from authorities that were ordained authority. And I was ordained back in 90s, 96. However, now that we're in a whole new media crazed celebrity, I was, it's like, wow, I couldn't believe it. I was raised naturally, normally. And then when I started Virginia ministry, living in Virginia Central, it was not cosmopolitan. And I had been raised in country growing up in a you know the pastor who is not country but sent to the country white collar and then I was in Norfolk Virginia Beach cosmopolitan which is me I think big so then I was in central Virginia and that's how the ministry started around the region and you have different people that are different kinds more educated not I was younger and I was not impressionable I was like a fierce student and observation of who and what and what I'm hearing doctrine but I didn't know when the 90s came and the Lord had taken me to study different ones like Vineyard and there was no such thing as teaching on prophecy and I'd been through the word of faith which I was called to ministry by you know during a time of great heartache or just postpartum depression my father died my grandmother died who is my prayer warrior cheery grandmother everything hit me including postpartum depression no money having one you know child but one car while the husband worked really hard for us so I was there by myself a lot which seems to be my pattern and I had grown up an only child eight years before my sister so I was used to taking care of myself you know doing keeping myself entertained and it has helped me really well then I um, was always very careful about Lord, would you protect me from error? Before I went to visit different parts of the body around the region, the Lord had called me at 24 to study his body for the end time, which is now. And so I was always 
leery, you know, careful if I tread into a different movement out of Baptist, out of Vineyard, out of, you know, to make sure I was alert, what I'm hearing, who, what are they really like, their character and their fruit in the audience. So when I'd been through the more happy, peppy, praisey, and claimy word of faith, which I still have many, many great, before it got all commercial and all money, that has kept me by, plus my grandmother and mother, on my everybody was led by the Spirit anyway. We didn't see other Christians, us against them, especially in the congregation. We didn't have this us against them paranoia, which is now out there. So I had sort of a pleasant framework. And then the ministers, before the, the false teaching of Phariseeism came into my central Virginia region, I'd been out in the ministers in revival for a long time, many years, black and white reconciliation, pastors, gatherings, where I was invited and uh, had my own ministry. And so I was used to the body and accustomed to people that were on the level, fair, not biased. The group that was working on repenting all the time, the pastors were trying their best to be, bring, you know, please the Lord and bring revival. So all that was good. Some were tongue talkers, some were not. So I'm not, I roll with it. Some assembly of God, some were not. It doesn't matter to me your pedigree or your style. It's how you are as a real person. That's me, the bottom line. Who'd have thought that the days would come when I would have to, when God would speak to me and reveal to me about friendly fire fellowships from such turn away friendly fire fellowships Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, in the last days, men and women, including pastors, young and old, their um, staff, offices from such turn away. Some will be lovers of themselves, boasters, and accusers. So I started realizing it through the years, but I have to tell you my foundation. Everything was fine for a decade or more. I had my own nonprofit, favored on media, round town, black and white. Before this false teaching came to town, I look back, false teaching. I was in a place of great stress, started having emotional abuse, silent treatment, anger, rage, out of outbursts that I had to, and I was a mom of young children then. So I knew it was the devil. I didn't pin it on the person, and that person had gotten, he wouldn't like my dad, that person had fallen slowly away, and the cares of the world would build up, and because I had a solid rock, and the, you know, the person did not, there was this blaming and accusing, you know, just anger. So it was demonic, and I tried to weather it out for a decade, and 16, 18 years, but anyway, so as a result, God through a friend, I had a prayer warrior, I had my own meetings, I had teaching, Bible teaching, I had all these, an ongoing prayer meeting for the pastors for years, starting with Jimmy Swaggart and them fell, I knew, you know, what if somebody prayed for them to keep it from happening, I'm a responsible person, so all this is going on, and then I was under great pressure, my friend calls up and said, I heard of this meeting in an area where they're moving in the spirit of prophecy, this is 90, 91. So I went, and I'd known the worship leader, and I trusted her, and the Spirit of the Lord used the worship, mainly the worship, to really help me with that pain and the devil's attacks and all that stuff. That was before I knew that in these doctrines, some of these teachings, is this underlying, it comes out, get you later, is submission, shepherding, also minding everybody's business, who are you under, and church hopping. That was the 90s in that area. And a lot of it was country-raised. I don't think all were country, but now I look back, it was a cult. And what got my attention is I have the prophetic call, I'm a prophet. But I try to be pure heart, and I've been around healthy, where you don't peer at anybody, you don't pray against anybody, you don't put the spell on them, you don't get your prayer words to pray, you're not me. And because I started to realize that there's this group, 
and I needed the deliverance because of the stress relief. But I already knew the Holy Spirit, and I realized that after a while, one night I was there and see the group, a leadership group in a city can change from one kind of movement to another. One can be healthy. One can be non-racist. And then one can come on the scene that is elevated and Roman patrician needs to be elite, whether they have under 200 or under 100 or under two or 5,000. So I was less confident because my husband then was not in the ministry. He said, do it. That didn't bother me. Very strong person. But as a fighting my own legalism, not from my parents, not from just the osmosis of legalism. I was timid, and that was not good. That was wrong. I could have been a lot wilder and bolder and not as, you know, maybe, but hey, I wasn't then. That's then. Hindsight. So I didn't know my authority, and all these things coming down from charisma, maybe. I don't think it's charisma. But all the charismatic stuff started to come into town of hierarchy, wanting to be under people, you know, being under a local pastor. I was there in the biggest mix. So I was thinking, I've never heard that as a Baptist. I've never heard that in a lot of Christians. But because I'm younger and I am in the Holy Spirit crowd of ministers, pastors, I am feeling in awe, really intimid by not overstepping my boundaries. Isn't that funny? Because, how do I know these things? Because of the accuser. Because of the hierarchy, because of discriminate, you know, pet persons and personalities, which is the accuser of the brother and sister, and are also the not their partiality. All these spirits turned out to be whelp, accuser whelp. I didn't know it, didn't have the definition. I'd heard of shepherding in the 70s, but I never thought that was it until later. And then I saw it rampant more than I've ever wanted to know. You couldn't step your foot into a Christian charismatic prophetic group in Dallas without it jumping at you, literally and figuratively. So I've had my wild ride, and it's made me stronger, and I'm making progress, great progress, which I never even thought, how do, how do I make this progress? I am. I'm not homeless. Nobody talks to me to find out. They don't really want to know. They just want to know about them, and they're move on. They got their brand to protect. That's all that is out there now in the famous crowd. Everybody wants to be, protect their brand. That's their cash. That's their flow. They got their government. They don't really care about the, you know, it isn't like normal, like Baptist, I guess you'd say. So I didn't realize it's that thick around the nation. Now I do. It's patrician, Roman patrician elite mixed in with nouveau riche, which I was not Ruva Rich. My family was not poor. And then this quick to judge accusation by formula and typecasting and diagnosis. That was horrible. That was Dallas. I've never seen anything like that. Don't dare let on that you were hurt or somebody tried to kill you or went through abuse or somebody tried to rape you. Oh, no. Uh-uh. No, we don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. We're too busy. We're too tired. We've heard a million more like you. Uh, let's get you over to the fix some facts fast class. So all this is out there in the mix. I thought, and showbiz, a lot of it. People that are in the showbiz follower crowd, in the whelp, not the all charismatics, but it is just very troubling and disconcerting for a person who's been around and has generations of Christian ministers forever and role models so I, you know i had to go to the lord i've just had to go to the lord what is this so in i got the friendly fire fellowship from such turn away along the way whelp back in central virginia when this phariseeism came the nouveau rich phariseeism i was going through abuse deep abuse but i thought you know i'm strong enough i can handle it i forgave it was wearing. I wrote, if you look on my song in 2000, it's all for all you shamas. For all you shamas is a word about abuse. 
and it is called for all you shamas on celebration of his of his, celebration of his word music.com that's my music site composing site so anyway all these things was by god's grace and that's why i did go toward a lot of the conferences a lot of the prophetic ministries because that helped me get by and it helped me be stronger learn how to hear from god and to um keep me you know make me grow into a minister and more more confident minister so when i was traveling i was invited to travel started going out of florida i started going down a lot of witch watching charismatica and because you know i think people are human people are you know got strange doctrine take it in stride but you watch out so then I didn't realize that this book had come out till one night, the Welp book. I was sent because of the pressure. I went to worship at this gathering once a week. They had a worship time. So I went and I liked the music. And so I heard this prophet, apostle, whatever he is, pastor, pull out a book. And he said, it's by C. Peter Wagner, who I knew right now is a Welp, but he was dead and he's respectful. I'm not putting, accusing Peter Wagner because I never read this book on purpose. I don't have time for all this. But I heard this book with C. Peter Wagner's quote, even though I don't know if the person messed up his quote. This is how this happens. C. Peter could have been on the level. He's in heaven, I don't know. He was a fine man. But these people out here where I've been living, they take the information and either get it right, make it strange, or add their own corruption with it. So I was there because God leads me by the Spirit very quietly. And I don't know, I'm going to bump into all this stuff. I'm just there trying to survive, trying to be calm, trying to forgive everybody, trying to keep my home together, like many others, too many others that go through this. So when I was led by the Spirit one night and they opened the book, <laughs> the book to see Peter Wagner, and he said, God puts... This is the teaching. God puts some apostles in the gates of the city to watch over the city, implying all the other ministers, all the Christians are under them. And the way I see it, because I know that group, Welp group, they believe, it is my opinion, they believe they are the seerest of the seer over everybody. Therefore, it is their seerish peering, keeping tabs on Pharisee, everybody, witch watching speculating i had to go deep i had to go like this it's so this is so pitiful that i have to know this but i had to because it's going on in giant giant vast mostly white crowds and it's very troubling so i didn't know my pat i knew my passion i knew my doctrine but i didn't know that it was my right to stand up as a leader and now as an elder in the saints to say this and nobody has to do it but i'm letting you know in case you feel it of the lord i want you to hear god i want to tweak these things we want holy spirit we want white people we want black people it doesn't matter that it is the accuser and character assassinator that i would meet not just me but a 33 one at least one 33 mostly women one quiet gentleman in the area where i left and the, do the same stuff fault finding I had gotten, there had been a doctrinal change in the leaders of the prayer term, and then a new group, which is more country and turned out all white whelp gentlemen, took over. And then it that's really took on in the area where I was. It started being doing hateful things like calling people witches and uh, saying they were in rebellion. And I found that the spirit is immature and it won't confront it won't say are you really in rebellion let me respect you and love you enough to find out by talking with you so i was rumored it was rumored to my knowledge that i was in rebellion and unsubmitted because they didn't know me and i had a board i always picked to be accountable it was loosely a board i was ordained all these people they didn't know them but nobody talks to me nobody loves me enough in this kind of group they're too busy, too self-important, so they'll just believe all the evil reports, and that is their, that is God holy, that's your business. You have the fault-finding spirit, I don't. So, oh, to whelp. I'm going to tell you my jump stories, all right? 
So Ode to Welp at the top of onlinefellowship.us is me, but it's a compilation of the fruit of Welp over years. Talks about you, talks against you, puts the hex on you, but won't confront you because it's, it's about itself. It's like steel. So I went to this meeting, and then I had a guest. We had a guest at my house. I was married, and so I had a male guest, younger. And so I was driving him one day, mother of two children, and my husband knew it. And we were driving to get a key from one of the whelp, it turns out, forceful but autocratic older guy. And so I drove up, and we were laughing. I must have had a ball cap on. We were laughing. And so when I saw him look at me, both of us in the car, I, w I was driving. The person was from another state, so it was legit, you know. And if I'd wanted, let me say this, man, gentlemen, accusers who refuse to talk, if I were going to plan a secret affair, I could do it and not bring the person with me. I am not stupid. I am not a fool. If I were going to be sneaky, I'd sneak around. So if you think I'm doing something or anybody else, you better. If you're back under the law, if you're that horrible, you make an appointment up. If it is your business, it's your line of ministry, you really are over them or there's some connection, then you Galatians 6, 1 them and Matthew 18, 15. So the reason I'm saying this, that man saw me. He didn't confront me. He didn't love me. He spread the gossip around this, well, five or six or ten, whatever they were. I didn't know that, but I had been accused of evil being a W-I-T-C-H and a J word. I didn't know that at the time. Later on, I had a black board member, African-American Dr. Jones, and he went to the meeting when he heard this one, the, ne the one that read the book, about being over everybody, he heard that guy, he says he always comes in there and tells us the pastors that so-and-so is a witch. Could I have imagined it and wanted to think about like that? No, but it's everywhere. It's Florida. It's really Pentecostal stuff. That's a huge people group. A lot of women, a lot of men getting this done. So then I find out that one day I'm at the March for Jesus. I'd been through closet abuse. I was feeling bad, like empty, because it had been tough, dominating abuse. I thought, should I go on this to March for Jesus downtown? Lord, should I go? I'm, I just can't hear. And turns out, if you can't hear, don't do it. I went down there because I love Jesus. I had my friend Barbara, who worked for one of these well pastors. And so Barbara was with me, and she's my witness of what happened. I was standing there just already fatigued, but okay, really okay. And all of a sudden, I saw the guy who saw me with the guy in the car, you know, autocrat, dominating autocrat, but that he was older than me. So he calls me over, and there are these pastors with him that I knew in the same group of his, and I thought, you know, he respects me. I see him at prayer meetings. We never chat, but, you know, this is part of me feeling included in the ministers of the region. So I went over there, but it turned out he had an ulterior motive at the March for Jesus. Let's put it this way. In public, no private one-to-one, -one, not submitted to the Bible, not, not loving, but just about his power. So I get called over, and I think it's going to be a fine, you know, he's respectful. I think that. Well, when I get there, he starts to ream me out in public loudly that I was in rebellion in my home and that all this stuff, I was out of order, all this stuff like Jezebel stuff. And I was like already pooped. I'd, I'd lived my life for the Lord prior to that. And I was already depleted. And this guy did it. And he calls over one of the other whelp who was more important than him in the area and says, you be my witness. And the other guy just stood there. He could have said no. He could have said, this is out of order. He could have said, stop it. She's not, you know, what are you doing? You don't do this at the March for Jesus. But he didn't. You know, later, some of these people had bad issues. They had some really, I've had people die for attacking me. I've had people that were dying young that, I, I mean, I have. I don't do it. God 
sees fit. I don't ask for it either. I don't, I forgive them. But this person who could have said no, didn't. He was in authority over this guy. I just went on and I was exhausted. My friend saw it. Later, the wife of the one who said, like Pontius Pilate, uh, you know, I washed my hands of this, let him ream her out. She said, what's wrong with Tavo? And I just put my sunglasses on and walked like I was a zombie the rest of the time. But that's what goes on. This is who's out there in the name of Jesus with the wrong doctrine. Make a long story short, all the witch watching, I'd never wanted to know, never thought about it. Would visit, I would go to all these other kinds of healthier pastors, black people, white people, real Pentecostals, Baptists, in my, you know, word of faith. They don't do that. This is a style and a permitted thing. So when I found out about these levels of the spirit of the seer realm, and I am one, it's been my mission to clean it up, make it more wholesome. It's been my mission never to join in them, but I know now that realm of the spirit, and I can address it, and it is whelp, 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 with it. And that's my topic, to warn them. To warn those who choose to be warned. It is not a whelp prophetic day any longer. The whelp prophetic goes down to famous, very famous worldwide television people in many states. It's a culture and it's a culture that people are like a cult. They'll do anything. They'll bow and scrape to the head, male or female, mostly white males. And so we're nothing against white males. But listen, whelp is a different. Patriarchs can be good. Anchor people, stable men of the family, of the, you know, business, the ministry. It is when they get the whelp fault-finding accuser doctrine that is a Jezebel consciousness accuses a stranger they call good they call evil good i sit there as a test nobody has ever confronted me from the whelp group nobody has loves enough it's about them so when i've dealt with them in virginia in florida they come out of florida big ones the big ones come out of florida and then the mild ones come out of missouri in that denomination they just glare at you and freeze you out and avoid like they've seen a ghost or a harlot to the innocent person who doesn't accuse. It is a, an accuser of the cistern and it's mean. The ones that I wrote whelp about come out of the panhandle, I believe, and the shepherding. So we got to watch out. This is, I'm not, listen, you, every whelp that accuse people and then you get oh yeah they've got fault finding you know they're not forgiving uh time to wise up and tough up honey it is sin you are doing unjust accusation accusation to leaderships to fellow prophets you're touching god's anointed many of you have touched god's anointed more than once and me especially with wealth especially i have been because of that one unjust pharisee that jumped me in public and later even though I was exhausted I made an official appointment to confront him in his office I'm I will confront you lovingly but I will I'm tough so and also professional so I made an appointment to go talk to this guy that was the snooty you know call me out um, some harlot or something so I went over there and he was so mean he was just like and I just thought, man, I, I've done my best. Let him think what he wants to think. And I was exhausted. That is just, it's improper and it's so disrespectful. It is like, it is like, thinks females are, it's bigoted. Bigoted, biased, jaundiced, and rotten. So then when we have the little teeny group that are gossiping, even though I had all these other people, they don't believe that I, they won't talk to me. Nobody talks to me personally. They just accuse me. They sin spy, they think she's in rebellion. That's the favorite whelp term in all the states, many times. And it's so pitiful that that's who's representing Jesus. So unclean, so, so dark. So then I find out that the one who read the book about being in the gates of the city, entitled to be over everybody, all the rest of us. That's how these, and these white men, they were doing it, you know. Then you think, you know, just ignore them. 
God started sending me out of state. So I come back after seven years. Nobody's talked to me. And I think, I'm professional. I'm not hurt. Nothing bothers me. My board, you know, everybody's fine. I'm going to go with this older woman. If I get cut off, it's because my battery and will start up again another time. But this is how I know the fruit of wealth. This is exactly how I know it. It finds me. I wasn't looking for it. I don't do anything. I just go and there it is. And it, pff, it's a religious spirit. So I, seven years I hadn't been in town on purpose because of the prayer ministries had changed. This type of wealth thing was huge. Accused my mother's single mother best friend who's very strong. Accused her. Kicked her out of church for doing nothing. I mean, people are just it's an old-timey spirit of fault-finding, but it has to be the male accusing the female. That's it. Like the Eli on the front porch steps. Kick them when they're down. Call them the Jezebel. Makes you feel like the hero that you want to be. The self-esteem boost. Phariseeism. In the name of Jesus, like devil himself. And you're being, listen, you're being warned with everything I say. You better be warned that kind. Male and female. The females do it too. All right, so, after seven years, this famous intercessor from Brownsville or somebody came to town at this Welp church, the one that read the book that he's over, you know, they're over everybody. And I thought, I'm big enough, I'm healed enough, I'm grown enough, I'll go. And this older lady, a Pentecostal famous lady that they would recognize, went with me, a widow. So we went the first night, and I passed the test. They smiled at me, and I went, oh, yes, we're all mature now. We're all, you know, fine. I'm a body member, a peer. I am, you know, everything is fine. Well, the lady, the speaker that night was so good, I thought, I'll go back the next night. So I go there, and I see this white female, one of their deacon's wives, whom I had talked to on the phone privately before a couple of times because she had cancer. And I had a heart for her because I have a healing ministry, if I'm allowed to focus on it. And I have a healing ministry, so I had had faith for her not to die. And I knew that faith was there, so I was talking to her. I was about to tell her that when all of a sudden the whelp matriarch of the church comes over with this look on her face. And she says, you've got to go over there. He wants to see you, the head guy. So... It was the devil trying to make that lady die young, and she did. The devil, that weird occult spirit, that weird type of ministry doesn't want anybody to take its glory, I believe. So I was there innocently trying to help somebody not die. They broke that anointing up. Later she died soon after that. And then I went up to the front because, you know, the wife, I'm in, they're in, I'm in their church. I'm James 317. I go up there out of respect. She says, well, he wants to see you like I've done something. I thought, well, I thought I was fine. You know, they, they smiled at me. I thought I was being professional, you know. It's a cult. So then I go up to the front. Long story short, and he is short, real short. <laughs> and I'm tall. <laughs> He's real short. So he looks and he says, you are to get off this property. You are never to come back. And I went, whoa, this is Welp City. This is how they act. This is what they do. All right. You're to get off this property because, and I listened, he says, because everybody knows. All the pastors know that you are a witch and that you are uh, Jezebel. And see, I, I, I was amazed and peaceful because I thought I'm married. He's fine with it. I have five board members. They don't think like that black and white males mostly all these people don't think i am and i knew the pastors the senior pastors who knew about it had never talked to me they were gossiping they believed the evil report they were in sin so therefore he let out that i had been talked about by the whelp crew he let out that they had labeled me and accused me and many others, surely, because my board member confirmed it later that many others had been called that. Those people had lied about me, false witness, false teaching, because if you gossip and believe the evil report, you're false. 
And then I went to Florida. And I was sent to Florida at a prophetic ministry. I was sent down there many times, Orlando, Tampa, where the spirit's moving, good and bad. And so, and North Carolina, good and bad, right and wrong. So I was picking it out like a Nobleian, being calm. And so I was staying or, you know, hanging out with the pastor when I had spoken to give a worship conference, stir up the gift and everything down in Tampa. And the, she, we were just chatting and she said, you know, that, that certain group keeps a list of, a charismatic group keeps a list of witches. I went, oh my gosh, that's just like Florida. And I thought that's so immature, so evil, so fault finding and weird prophetic. I don't like to be in that. I never went back because I don't want to get in that environment if I don't have to. So then I realized they're do I you know they're witch watching and I really believe because of what went on with the whelp up there from a certain famous group that's located down in Florida that's located with the one that jumped me in Texas that like that book from that movement. I thought, you know, I'm not a bit surprised if I'm on their list or you're on their list. And if I don't pass their tip, and see, this is it. If one prophet thinks they're, you know, the white whelp guy, he'll think he knows it all over everybody. The seer over all keeps track of who's what to warn the others in their network. The same kind of whelp, white seers, spooky, spiritual, occult. When the black people, they don't go into such links to be such weirdness, to my knowledge. Now, you can have voodoo in black people and white. But I'm saying, I've never met this in a Christian except this kind of style. And it's just getting old. I'm not tolerating it. I don't tolerate it now. Well, if you want to do that, God is going to judge you. I'm not accusing you. I'm telling you fact for the fruit that you're doing it. And I wrote the Ode to Welp. And I know many others. Oh, fault-finding fruit started me to really go after it, to confront it. It's a Jezebel spirit. Ironically, they see all the Jezebels. They can see all the Jezebels they want to, but they are one. Shepherding is a Jezebel spirit. Therefore, in the church of Thyatira, I'm the lampstand overseer apostle. I got to confront well, and I am. My deliverance ministry is you're coming out. You're coming out to not make Jesus' house look creepy, super religious, or demonic. And I'm doing it by confronting you politely and warning you and also teaching that you are the Jezebel spirit. I have researched because of this. I'm an expert now on Jezebel, Adam and Eve, males and females, witches. What is real witchcraft? Christian, you. A lot of you in ministry because you're in rebellion. First Samuel 15, 23, that rebellion, any rebellion is in the sin of witchcraft. If you're not submitted to God's whole counsel, that means including respecting people by confronting them instead of jumping them. So I was jumped at the March for Jesus, 1996. Seven years later, I was jumped uh, and confronted, you know, I was called out in public by this person who said I was the whelp, the tiny whelp. <laughs> and I was escorted off the property. Oh, I hope I have time to finish this. All right. So when I was being escorted off the property property you're this you're that the evil charismatic horrible person all the pastors know and i thought this guy is gossiping i have it on him now he's proven it but i didn't say anything i looked down and i said because i had to hear god what to say during that i was peaceful didn't hurt me so i looked down and i said but i'm you know the wisdom that comes from above is, first of all, pure, peaceable, and easily entreated, and I'm all three. He's still, you know, self-righteously, righteously ushered me out, and he got another deacon. He got another deacon to help him escort me out. I'm being calm, walking out. Fine. The other deacon was an inch shorter. <laughs> there were two bookies. There were two short people. I'm five foot ten. These were five foot zero, or only five foot two or three. And I thought it was funny. And I looked at my heart. I was so calm. I was, I was like shocked. But So the other guy walked me out to the, and I had my green mom van then. So it was a black night, you know, very dramatic, Pentecostal type. So I walked out to the property and I said to the 
you know, to the deacon, I said that the wisdom of God is first of all pure, peaceable, and easily entreated, and I'm all three. So I calmly left, and when I got in my green mom van, I went, what just happened? So at home, when I talked, I called every board member, five different ones, five different ones who never heard, knew the other ones that great. They said, Tavo, we're so proud of you. Each one said, you're not wounded. And I thought, I'm not. I passed the test. So that was really a big deal. If, if I mean, I'm strong right now. I've done it. But I think this is what goes on under the name of Christianity and Christ following and makes Hebrews 10.25 an anathema, a plague, and putting up these horrible things around the Holy Spirit. So I'm defragging it by confronting it. So then we have these networks, the SEER network, you know, the WELP network, the other kind. Everybody's got a network, but if you're... If you are spreading the evil report, you're from the devil. You're anti-Christ. This is anti-Christ. All this behavior in ministry, I'm not putting it on just one person. It is the fruit of anti-Christ because how is it going to be a good advertisement for Jesus to do this and to stand it and allow it on your property and allow it in your ministry and allow yourself to be the compassion-fatigued Eli High Priesthood who is accuser of the cistern and a lot of them, if you had gold, I picture myself like Deborah, got to show me that, but also like if I were to be, rule a nation, I would pick gold in my ear because she's diverse. But I think, would people do that if I were famous? Would you do that, Welp, because you're famous, a lot of you. Would you do that to, 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 Hannah on the front porch who represents the new move of God if you knew it was Hannah on the front porch. Instead your character assassinating, you're beating down, you're the friendly fire fellowship from such turn away that I had to discover, you know, we discovered along the way we have to permit, even if they're all surrounding you, all the legalists and saying you better not forsake fellowshipping with the saints like some do. You better not, that's legalism, you better not forsake fellowshipping with the saints. We'll call you a church hopper. If we're going to rumor about you. We're going to put you out and say you're a sinner because you don't belong to a local church. That's grassroots. I know it. Now we have the escape clause. There are two escape clauses. One is 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. In the last days when they are accusers, false accusers, boasters, lovers of themselves. Our way or the highway. We won't negotiate. It's us. All these things, you can read it yourself from such turn away, and I have. The other one is First Timothy 6, 5. If they are all this regal stuff, and they are, they say that if you are poor, homeless, living in a car, if they're, you're not wealthy and have big bucks, the Lord says from such turn away. There are two escape clauses from the egotistic, carnal, racist, chauvinist, misogynist, unclean, with big issues, many big issues, occult, clandestine, lacking in love, friendly fire fellowships, and the money, money, status conscious, regal, aristocratic fellowship as well, and I've turned away. I would rather camp in a car. I've had more fun, even though that time is over, I'll be sad. But even because it's a test, it was a real big test for the religious spirit. It's a real big test. You don't tell people unless you let them know because God says, let them know, say something about it, see how they act. It's, I'm, I really have been disappointed lately more than any place almost that I would, you know, that you can't, that people are, white people are so offended and on, on behalf of the least of these that I've helped all my life, on behalf of Jesus carrying the old rugged cross in Isaiah 53 and not looking sweet and pretty or famous, and on behalf of Apostle Paul coming off one more shipwreck, being bitten by the snake one more time, I'm, I tell you, you're out. You're out unless you repent, unless you humble yourself and get rid of this false teaching. So I've done my part. I've served my, I love you all. I have tried. 
to, to relate. Nobody, nobody's equal opportunity enough that I've met in this crowd up and down America. Do I want anything to happen evil to them? No, but you know, I've, from behalf of all the people, I, they've had their due. They've, they've had their day, a great day, monetary, and they've had their time of giving out their, you know, big ministry, but you know what? It's not your day now. It is the Lord's day, and it, His day is diverse and respectful, and not demeaning, and not two-faced, and not for false advertising that it's accepted in the beloved Ephesians 6. Oh yeah, come to our ministry, our prophetic ministry. Oh come, let us get together and fellowship and put offerings in the plate. But instead you have a qualifying, typecasting, stereotyping, bigotry, big cult quality. It's untrue. It is untrue. I love you, especially the ones that are the real men, family men. But you know what? Unless you get off that false teaching, humble yourself and repent, and quit being biased to a mother in Christ and a, anybody, any color, any race, any male or female, then I really care not to deal with you. I care not to fellowship and lower myself. The God in me, the divine, divine appointment person, the true person that's been there to help you, that still could if you're I do not think God will settle now for second or third or fourth hand disrespect coming from top leadership or their leadership table. I do not think that the pride of man and mammon and the zeal of religion is going to take the place of the true book of Acts, Holy Spirit, any longer. I say that to males and females. I submit it to you in James 3.17, and I want you to pass this around to all the whelp in every nation, especially around the Deep South, where the spirit of religion is so thick. God loves you. I love you. Agape love you. And I, I pray for you. I'll intercede for you. I will not talk about you behind your back. I never do that. I know that you have not favored me as well, or many others. But I will bind the spirit of religion off me, and I will bind the accuser off me, and I will not put anything bad out on you, because I really don't want anything to happen. God doesn't. I think that it's just getting awake and alert to the fact that you've got to work on some things that are hurting other people many times. That you're not in a dream world. You're not in your own garden you're not in your own uh, well flow where everybody's immune alike because they never inbreed with any other style or kind so to that kind which are pharisees jesus has to do dramatic things he had to turn over their temple money changers shock them shock and awe to get them awake he had to rebuke them openly on the pharisees on the mountain in chapter 23 of matthew that's what I'm doing. That's what I've been doing because I love, you know, I care about them. Some of these are clean living, maybe most. Maybe are pure hearted. But they've, and so are the whelp or the whelm. But I've never seen anybody that would character assassinate happily. I would never, that especially a person that has good character. I would never think that witch watching is an art Jesus approves of. I really don't. Scanning people, scanning people over and over and never allowing them to speak in a normal fashion. That is cult occult. So I speak and I submit it as a word of the Lord for today, right now in the body of Christ, that James 3.17 is the only criteria for the wisdom of God that is mature and real in any valid ministry. It's pure. It's peaceable. It's easily entreated. It's full of mercy and good fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, temperance, meekness, self-control, all right? And it is without, it is good fruits, it's without partiality. It doesn't respect only some kind, some pet few. And it is without, without hypocrisy. Don't say, please don't, please don't advertise we have a fellowship, a ministry fellowship. Don't say this is our church. When we get there, because we believe your advertisement, time after time with this kind of group, oh no, it's a 
pet preferred types only club. Oh, it is a cult where we don't have, we better watch out or somebody's going to scan us and talk about us that we're some evil creature. Isn't that strange to have to say that about a Christian ministry? Oh, don't false advertise because it's really when we pay our money and our time to have gas in the car to go there because we want to. And we instead of get labeled, branded, all this weird stuff, accused for no reason, never spoken to, never confronted. If you think we are such, find out by chatting. So this is the final straw. I paid my dues with my life more than once to bring you this message to save you from yourself and the judgment of God coming on the Eli Temple I priesthood, males and females, should you dare dare to take and receive this message. And I do it without pay. I do it with God's providing. I haven't asked for it. I haven't wanted it. I, ha I would like it. I just didn't want to do it and be the the Eli Temple I priesthood, self-satisfied, all sleek, got it made, hunky dory. We now we you know we got our product out. Everybody knows about it. We can sell our merchandise. Uh, everybody knows us. We're everybody's fan. All these fans. We don't have to work so hard. We've got it made. Now this is whelp that are lay people. These are whelp that are big people. Surely there's an exception, but I haven't met them. <laughs> the whelp are nouveau riche. I'm not. But they also, oh, uh, you know, they might take from us. Oh, they look like, I heard that they were this. Oh, better watch out. Pass it around. Oh, better watch out. Because they're in it for the money. And it's the Eli Templi priesthood, compassion, compassion fatigued. Poor me. They've come to hurt me. Paul rolls off the ship about dead. Oh, watch out for Paul. He might be contaminated. He might have the cooties. Better watch out. He might, you know, come after our daily bread. Jesus with his cross, Isaiah 53. Watch out. He's a suffering servant. We don't need those. We want only the best in our whelp group. We want only the men that are strong, that look the best, that are the top. Jesus is sort of weird looking, you know. He looks like the offcast. We're not, no, we got our brand to keep going. That is what it is. God bless you. He loves you. Bye bye.